Hey, just a heads up, the episode you're about to listen to of Progressively Horrified is about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Badness, directed by Sam Raimi and written by Michael Waldron, based on the characters created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Some relevant trigger warnings for this movie include body horror, intense grisly violence, and depictions of grief, and our host ranked this movie as spoopy. If you'd like to learn more about the movie discussed this evening, please visit our website, progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm, for show notes. After the spooky music, we'll talk about the movie in full, so be forewarned, there will be spoilers. Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. Tonight, we're talking about arguably the first horror movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, directed by Progressively Horrified favorite Sam Raimi. It's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I am your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight, I have a panel of cinephiles and cinebites. First, they're here to invade your house and find queer content in all your favorite movies. My co-host and comic book writer, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? Well... It's happening, you fucking fucks. We're talking about the MCU. I hope you're happy. And we picked her up at the spooky crossroads of anime and sexy monster media. It's co-host and comics artist Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily? Betrayed. You know, not, I feel like it's not, not the first time you've given that answer. It's not because that we're, we're talking about the MCU. It's because the MCU insists on playing with my expectations and i find out that that carrot is made out of chalk and i'm really mad so did you find that this movie wasn't sam raimi enough yes okay now i think this might just speak to like the level of expectation i have for the like the average marvel movie i was pleasantly surprised by how raimi it was I was expecting less Raimi. Raimi. So before we jump into the discussion of the movie, we're going to do a quick recap. I drew the short straw tonight, so here it goes. Uh, this is directed by Sam Raimi. It is written by Michael Waldron, who uh, previously wrote the Loki TV series. Uh, it is based on the characters by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Uh, it stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Benedict Wong, Sochi Gomez, Rachel McAdams, and a host of other guest stars that would bake your noodle if I tried to list all of them. Okay, here's... <laughs> Me, me trying to recap this without recapping the entire MCU. Doctor Strange is a comic book character and surgeon whose actual given name is Stephen Strange. So even though he goes by Doctor Strange as a superhero, that is technically his correct title. He's been in tons of Marvel comics and films. And most important thing to know here is that he was a great surgeon and a terrible dude until he crashed his car and messed up his hands and watch, uh, <laughs> which is very important to this movie. When conventional medicine couldn't help him get back doing surgery, he went looking for a supernatural cure. He didn't find one, but instead found an ancient tradition of sorcery, trained to be a master uh, with a master called the Ancient One, made friends with sorcerer librarian Wong, made enemies with overachieving sorcerer Mordo, got a cool necklace that let him screw with time and used it to fight back the ancient evil from the dark dimension called Dormammu and his flunky Kaecilius. He then hung out with the Avengers for a while and ultimately gave up the time stone to Thanos and what he believed was the only way to eventually save the world. Eventually it did, but in the immediate results were that after Wanda Maximoff used her power to kill her boyfriend Cyborg Vision to prevent Thanos from winning, Thanos turned back time 
took the last stone from Vision, then killed uh, him again anyway. Thanos then killed a third of the population, all of whom were brought back five years later, except for Vision, who is still dead. Strange was one of these killed, and in the time that he was gone, he lost his place as Sorcerer Supreme. So now Wong is the, is the Sorcerer Supreme, uh, and he is just a normal sorcerer who recently almost destroyed reality trying to help Spider-Man hide his secret identity. Totally irresponsible. Uh, anyway, we start with an unusual-looking Doctor Strange with a horrible ponytail wig, helping a young girl with a star jacket escape from a demon. Uh, they're after a magical MacGuffin called the Book of Ashanti to stop this thing. But before they can get there, the thing captures the girl and tries to take her power. In order to prevent this, Strange tries to take her power himself instead, but gets stabbed in the process. When the girl gets upset, she opens a starship rift in reality, and Ponytail Strange uses his last breath to free the girl as he and the girl get sucked through the portal. At which point, our Strange wakes up from a horrible dream to attend his ex-girlfriend Christine's wedding. Uh, shit's awkward. But the only important thing to note here, some dialogue. Strange thinks things didn't work out because he needed to protect her. Uh, she says they would have never worked out because he always has to be the one holding the knife which is a recurring theme in this thing. Before long, a fight breaks out in the street and Steven jumps uh, into the fight to save that same girl in a star jacket from a giant evil octopus monster with one giant eye, whose name is debatable, depending on who's asking. Uh, Wong shows up to, to help and uh, they learn that the girl's name is America Chavez and she has the ability to travel between dimensions but can't control it. The demon and octopus are just henchmen of something bigger uh, that is after her for her power. She proves all of this by showing them dead Ponytail Strange on the rooftop, clarifying that our Strange saw this because dreams are a window between realities, which is very troubling news. Uh, mm. They bury Ponytail Strange on a rooftop and take America to Kamartaj, the magical place where all the sorcerers hang out until they can figure out what's up. Stephen and Wong noticed the octopus had runes on it, which means it's witchcraft, not sorcery. So like any good doctor, he seeks a consult from a specialist and goes to Wanda Maximoff, uh, our resident witch in the Marvel Universe. Wanda thinks he's here because she recently massively altered reality and mind control the whole town so that she could pretend she lived happily with Vision and their two sons, Billy and Tommy, until she got in a big fight with another witch who wanted to steal her power, discovered an evil book called The Darkhold, full of supernatural magic, and became a super powerful entity called the Scarlet Witch before realizing all this was wrong, returning reality to normal, and fucking off to an apple orchard in Canada. Iceland? Maybe Atlanta? It's hard to mm -hmm. tell. And in, Mar in the comic Marvel universe, uh, Canada is an evil wonderland full of strange organizations. In the MCU, <laughs> it just seems to be full of uh, quiet mountains and apple orchards. Instead, when he reveals the real reason, she inadvertently tips her hand because she already knows America's name. In fact, she's the one that's been chasing America because she's been dreaming of her boys and wants to go to one of those realities where they do exist. Damn the consequences. Uh, she tells him to have America ready for her to pick up by sundown. Predictably, he doesn't. And she proceeds to destroy Kamartaj and murder all but a few of the people there. Uh, she's about to take America's powers when Strange tackles America through another one of her portals and they end up in another reality after... Uh, or leaving Wanda and Wong behind in this one. Wanda uses the Darkhold to dreamwalk into the body of Wanda in another world, who is a happy mother. But before she can do anything with this, Sarah, the sorcerer, uh, stabs the book, immolating the book and herself quite horribly. Uh, Wanda forces Wong to tell her how to get these spells back by torturing and mutilating his students in front of him. 
So he tells her the Darkhold was transcribed from a place called Mount Vondagor and that uh, we should go check that out so she can again project her body herself into her body in that reality. Meanwhile, Strange in America fly through a bunch of realities before landing in one where red means go. Bruce Campbell is a street vendor called Pizza Papa who's strange and chance to beat himself up for two weeks. Uh, and in this reality, their strange died fighting Thanos. Before we get there, though, Strange in America take a quick trip down memory lane, a place that actually projects your memories into real life. Sounds like a horrible place. Uh, and we see America's origin where she brief, where we briefly meet her two moms uh, before she has a fear reaction to a bee and accidentally creates her first portal, which sucks them somewhere into the multiverse, never to be seen again. We find out the source of Supreme in this world is Mordo who uh, greets Strange as a brother and then immediately drugs him and turns him over. They wake up under the charge of uh, this world's Christine, who started studying interdimensional travel after her Stephen died. Uh, and she, we meet a group that's basically their Avengers called the Illuminati. They are Mordo, who's the Sorcerer Supreme, we said already, Captain Carter, Black Bolt, Reed Richards, and Captain Marvel, who in this world is Maria Rambeau. I could discuss who all those people are, but that's an entire other podcast worth of material. Enormous crossover of massive proportions that doesn't really matter because they're going to tell him that Strange actually got into the Darkhold uh, and started dreamwalking in their reality and caused an incursion to destroy another universe. So after they helped him defeat Thanos, they killed him. Then Wanda shows up and summarily destroys each of them gruesomely. This entire world's Avengers gone in about 10 minutes. America manages to channel her power into a punch that breaks her out of the uh, fishbowl. Then her and Christine meet up with Strange. As a full-on horror movie monster, Wanda chases them. She's limping, she's bleeding, she's killing people at every turn. Uh, they find a waypoint where this Strange has created a path to the Book of Vishanti. We find that magical MacGuffin again, and Wanda immediately destroys it. Uh, America freaks out and opens a portal. Wanda, Wanda throws Stephen and Christine into it. Uh, then manipulates America into creating a portal back to their world so that she can take America's power. Uh, Strange and Christine are in a destroyed world where they find a Strange driven mad by the Darkhold. Uh, they fight with music, uh, and then our Strange throws the Dark One on a wrought iron fence where he gets stabbed. That happens a lot in movies, I feel like probably more than real life. Uh -huh. um, our Strange now has the Darkhold, and scientist Christine repeats that what our, what our Christine said about him always needing to be the one holding the knife and that all these strangers are alike. But Strange says, well, you know, this girl needs my help, so I will break all of the rules to get there. And boy, is he going to break a lot of them because not only is he going to dreamwalk into another him, but there's only one him in his reality, and that's the dead ponytail Strange that he buried. So he's also going to reanimate the dead. He is using all of his spell slots on this one. Um, <laughs> the spirit of the damned come to beat his ass because you're not allowed to do that. Uh, they fly out of his eye and attack Christine, who fucks their shit up uh, with a brazier. Uh, tells Frazier. <laughs> That's not what she says. Um, <laughs> then tells Strange that he's a, a master of the mystic arts. So just use those spirits. Uh, Undead Ponytail Strange uh, turns himself, makes himself a pair of demon wings out of these creatures to come fuck up some shit. Wong joins in, having been thrown off the mountain, but climbing back. But they still can't beat Wanda. Wong tells Strange to take America's power. Uh, it will kill her, but it's the only way to save reality. Steven insists instead that he's going to tell America to trust herself. He just came here to back her up. Um, she's always been able to control her power, and she can do this. Uh, America just needed a uh, pep talk, so she punches the snot out of Wanda, but still can't take her down. So uh, she tells her that she's going to give her what she wants, and opens a portal into the living room where her sons are watching TV in this other world. 
they are immediately terrified of her. And when their mom comes to help, Wanda hurls her across the room and her kids come to the rescue of their mother and begin chucking stuff at Wanda, uh, sure that she's going to kill them. Only when seeing herself through their eyes does she see how badly she's fucked up, collapses to her knees. Alternate Wanda tells her to know that they will be loved and America closes the portal. She gets Wong out of there before Wanda brings the entire mountain down on herself destroying all of the articles across reality and presumably Wanda that we never see a body and it's superheroes. So who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. Strange tells alternate Christine, it's not that I don't care for somebody or want somebody to care for me. I just get scared. Sometime later, America is training in Camartage. Steven symbolically fixes and puts away his watch. And then he sprouts a new perspective by which I mean a third eye in his forehead. Uh, roll credits. Oh, and in the post credits, we get Shirley's there and she shows up as Clea. And if that movie doesn't come out in the next three years, I will riot. Also, finally, Pizza Papa starts punching, stops punching himself and says it's over. And that's the movie. So I do love how incredibly Sam Raimi this ending is. Like, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange thinks it's all good, everything's fixed. Then, whoa, freaks out. Third eye opens up. Like, that's Raimi. Smash cut to after credit scene. Hey, it's fine. No big deal. He's just walking up a third eye now. Even more Raimi. Yeah, yeah. This this movie, I mean, I feel like You thought there were consequences. You were wrong. No consequences. I don't think there's no consequences. I just think it's a very funny 22 perspective. It's like, ah oh, fuck, I have a third eye now. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it Whatever. hurt a lot apparently for a moment, and then he just kind of got over it. What um, am I gonna do about it? Yeah. By the postcard scene, he's like, it's a new way for me to wink. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I I don't know a lot about Dr. Stephen Strange. I've watched the first movie and Mads Mickelson was in it. What's the his name? His Kaiselius. Kaiselius. I, I will never learn the, his character's name. I've yeah. watched Doctor Strange a bunch of times. I enjoyed the first Doctor Strange movie. I refuse to learn his character's name. I He's was just surprised I remembered it as I was writing it. And I was like, and there's Dormammu and Kaiselius. And I was like, what is his name? Kaiselius, huh? But yeah. Boy, uh, can we just pretend that that never happened so we can cast Mads Mikkelsen as Doctor Doom? The thing about the first movie, the first Doctor Strange that I I will forever talk about is like three-fourths of the movie is whatever. Like they have some fun special effects. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is pretty forgettable in it and his character is pretty forgettable in it. Uh, And then in the last like 10 minutes, we get Dormammu and Stephen Strange pulls a full-on like, you literally can't kill me and survive yourself. So I've created a trap in which I can, you know, defeat this evil timeless monster which is a great Doctor Strange ending. The rest the of the movie first, is fine. <laughs> the first Doctor Strange is the rare superhero movie where act three is the strongest part of the movie. Yeah. Like the whole reverse city destruction. I'm like, yeah, I've seen these cities blow the fuck up a lot. Never seen one unblow the fuck up. This is new. I don't remember that. I don't remember much of that movie other than the the Inception buildings. And I, I remember Mads Mikkelsen, but that's because I have a very selective memory about Mads Mikkelsen. And Benedict Cumberbatch, of course, I, I can never forget his uh, American British accent. Um, from New York. I'm an American man. <laughs> um, it's ne- it never gets better. And at this I, point, I don't want it to get better. Just yeah, keep having your weird ass like fucking super stilted american accent that's what people from from greenwich village sound like 
And here's the here's the thing with with Doctor Strange for me that I've always like I I got invested in Iron Man even though I hate Tony Snark I but I love Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal like Robert Downey Jr. is fun to watch so I'll be like sure whatever but like Tony Snark sucks I hate him the the Doctor Strange is basically like a Tony Stark but with magic and somehow less fun but he is a great character to sort of shove in places i think that that's great because the magic thing once you start getting into the nitty-gritty of that there's no way that you can keep that consistent there's no way that you can have like really understandable stakes the way that they've set it up they're just like there's magic and there's wheels and apparently it's different from witchcraft because witchcraft is evil has runes and only women can do it i mean that's that's not wrong i think (laughs) there's no there's no indication that witchcraft is in and of itself bad and Wanda is good for I mean most of the MCU to this point we just don't like now that she is bad there are no good witches in the MCU yeah well that she doesn't have... well I guess we're gonna get that Agatha Harkness spinoff so god she'll I be an, about... an anti-hero at least she's great but not good <laughs> yeah she's well the, the actress is great um but we're calling Catherine Han like, steals yeah. the fucking show literally in that case yeah she I literally was... stole the show so for this movie I did some research I did some hardcore research I watched Spider-Man No Way Home and I watched all of, I binge watched all of WandaVision in a day. And this is this is a podcast that is about Doctor Strange in the multiverse of the very bad day. So like I'm not going to go too much into WandaVision, except for when we're talking specifically about Wanda. In all the previous, from what I recall, in all the previous incant- incantations, oh that's a slip, incarnations of Wanda, the word witch doesn't show up until Agnes Birdsides shows up and is like you're the Scarlet Witch and no one gives like other than people who've read the comics nobody like has any idea what the the as far as I can remember from anything that I've read in the or that I've read that I've read or or um seen in the MCU movies the idea of the Scarlet Witch is just sort of like oh it's a big deal and you know you're you are it I don't know if it's sort of a green goblin situation where it's like her id or whatever yeah, but it's like, like the the witchiness of this is no less difficult and problematic than it is in the actual comics Marvel universe in the mm-hmm. comics Marvel universe it starts out as a mutant power where she has magic uh, in yeah. this it yeah, starts her out mutant as a power is that she's mutantly magic. Yeah, this starts out as an ability that is uh, activated by using one of the Infinity Stones when she is, you know, getting her and her brother are getting powers from Hydra to go fight the Avengers. Yeah, the whole idea that her powers are in any way magic based isn't introduced or even hinted at really until WandaVision. Yeah, they, yeah. they use the word hex and they use hers an idea that she's manipulating reality in some way that she's manipulating probability you know which agatha For the record, they use i love that they use like we know we want to call it a hex because of the witch stuff but nobody knows it's a witch stuff so in order to justify calling it a hex the magic is just going to be shaped like hexagons yeah it's where like the the, but, the anomaly is hexagon shaped in one division what a wonderful bit of like reverse engineering to get where you want to get go and that's yeah. the thing about the marvel stuff that i see that is interesting to me 
on top of like, okay, you know, make this interesting to me if I know jack shit about Marvel. I I know compared to my company here tonight, I I know jack shit about Marvel. You know, so I am not the expert, but as the uh, the outlier, I will say that I I do know that this there is a reverse engineering element to all of these Marvel movies because we are kind of mixing. We have the characters, we have you know, we have a bunch of pieces that we can put into this puzzle. How do we do it to make it interesting, to make it new and different and make it fit in the story, et cetera. And, and I, I think from a storytelling perspective, that's interesting to me. And that is one thing, like the, the, the context of Marvel stuff is what has kept me from being really into it because it requires, for the, for the comics for so long, it required previous knowledge of the series. Now we're let's talk about Wanda. Wanda is a really over the top villain who uses witchcraft, the evil magic. Apparently, you know, if, if as long as you don't have, if you if you just go into this movie, the the big difference is there's a bunch of sorcerers. They do sorcery in China, and then there's Wanda who does witchcraft and she's evil. Something to do with the Darkhold, maybe I don't know. Well, it's really the orchard I think that makes it evil. Don't fucking trust the apples. Yeah, um, I, I think it's Canada. Like she was fine before I, she went to Canada and now she's yeah. evil. Now I, I think I so think the explanation what, is I think between like WandaVision, she is creating uh this world for herself out of like necessity and grief. Like she's just yeah. broken and she has broken the world. And that is a thing that is incredibly interesting to me. But by the end of WandaVision, she has the dark hold in her hand. And she has gone off to study it. Now, the Darkhold, I'm incredibly excited about the fact that they said the name Catan in this uh, thing. Because Catan is the original demon of the Marvel Universe. Like, he created the Darkhold. It's seriously evil. It fucks up reality all around it. It makes people do things. It's like the One Ring, but in book form. And that drives Wanda, like, to a, a dark place. She's doing magic that corrupts her and corrupts the world around her which is why it's you know revealed that the whole orchard that she started out in is actually dead and she's using an illusion to make it make everything seem normal um we don't see the process of her being corrupted um in this you know we get sort of a an after credits tag at the end of one division of like her floating and studying the dark hold i mean so basically we can just assume she spent you know six months to a year sitting up in canada just wearing the one ring all the time I mean, if we're talking continuity quibbles, world building, my question is, if her kids were just like magic fake kids in this universe, how did other universe Wanda end up with those same ass kids? Are they fake kids in that universe, too? But she's just way better at it. Well, I don't know. Who's their dad? Is Vision dead? I don't know. Vision literally mentioned zero times in this film. Well, is their dad still Vision? Viz once. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Although... Presumably, if we're following the logic of this this movie, then she dreamed about those kids in this life she had married to a you know a robot and made them a reality in this universe. Um, I mean, they were already it, real somewhere else. It seems like she'd be powerful enough just to dream them up again. That seems way easier and without the murder. Yeah, the witchcraft thing. Wanda has like very little build up in this movie her character i feel like i'm supposed to bear, care about her character and i don't well and, i feel like this movie has very little i feel like there's sometimes when this movie does have empathy for wanda 
And then there's some times where it's just like, she's the big scary horror villain. Fuck her. Like, fuck, we want to see her go down. I, I think it mostly comes like the movie does a good job of giving Wanda sympathy, like especially with her last scene where she is comforted by her other universe self. But then there's times where like Doctor Strange, our main character is like, kick that witch's ass. And it's like, this is a hero who we've seen save the world multiple times. Uh, the, the very act of her turning evil should be treated like a horrific tragedy in and of itself. Yeah. Not like, yeah, kick the bad guy's butt. Yeah, like it's a, this huge reversal because the last we see Wanda before this, you know, like, again, if, if you haven't seen wandavision or anything leading up to this where she's or like you know infinity war or anything wanda is just in like she starts out in this movie and she's like this is my sweet little land and then and then she says oh i didn't mention america's name and then it's almost like skippable like i almost had to keep up with the fact that it was wanda who was like oh i've been sending shimagorath or gargantos or whatever the fuck it is after america even though i said that i i sent demons after her in the multiverse but I could have done it too, but I still need her power because I can't do it without her power, but I can go and get her, but I need you to get her. So she can't, she does not have the power to travel between dimensions. Okay. She has the power temporarily to take over the her that's in another dimension. So basically she can control oh, right. okay. like a puppet, I, the other hers, yeah. or she can send creatures after her, in, you know, through those dimensions. She can't do it herself. She has been not doing a uh, walking part because uh, she's trying to hold back and she was trying not to tip her hand, I think more than anything. She says she yeah. was being nice, but I think she was trying not to tip her hand. Real quick. When was it ever established before that a superhero could take or that like Doctor Strange could take somebody's power? No. Okay. Yeah. That's another new thing that is magic. I feel like this movie sometimes gets right when I really love just like random bullshit magic. Like Doctor Strange is making magic hands and like buzz saws and like fun fights. That I'm so into when it's just like MacGuffin magic. Like this is the magic that say that like fixes things. I'm so much less into that than like, we're going to wizard battle using literal music notes. That was the coolest thing. Like there was all this really, really like uh, creative stuff going on with Doctor Strange that I hadn't seen in the other movies. Because in the other movies, he's just like, here's my wheel and I'm doing some shit with my hands and some sparks or whatever. And then like in this movie, he was like summoning a giant monster head to eat a bus and like getting monster claws and like summoning dragons and shit. And it was in like dragons, having... a hydra. That is that oh. Raimi imagination that I was so grateful to have in this film. Yeah. Like... I felt like there was a lot of really awesome, like that. I felt like the Raimi-ness was really cool. And it just was, it just kept sh- like popping up randomly. I, I like do want to say, I think the please. Raimi-ness is both what you like and what you're complaining about with it because the issue you have with Wanda's portrayal in this movie is the same issue we have with Drag Me to Hell. Oh, absolutely. Which is like people are portrayed sympathetically and then the, the movie and characters in it do not have sympathy for them. Um, yeah. Or that, that we're supposed to have sympathy for this character and we really don't, or we don't care. Like I, I want to care about Wanda because of what I've watched from her before. But like, if I see this movie the yeah the 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 portrayal like that's another thing is i feel like the sam raimi i don't know if this is specifically raimi from from what i have seen of mr raimi i i believe that this is a, a indicative of his patterns but 
we have two types of women, femme fatale, and then we have scrappy girl you know and america chavez also is done real dirty in this because she's such a fucking cool character and i feel like she's just a supporting character in this this isn't like that has a lot of cool shit going on but you know like i want to see miss marvel show about america chavez i think this is a good place for me to insert my first big point i had here because we've talked a lot about sort of the feminism or lack thereof and some elements of this movie yeah, uh, I want to talk about the queer. I still got way more. I got to get into yeah. with Wanda later. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about America Chavez because America Chavez is one of my favorite characters that's been introduced in the last twenty years. She's fantastic in the comics. She is on the upper end of teen, early end of twenty, uh, because people don't ever have named ages in Marvel comics because they don't want them to age. But she's she's incredibly strong. She has this ability to punch between dimensions. Uh, she flies. She kicks ass. Uh, and she's she's very loudly and canonically gay in in the comics. This movie made a point of introducing the concept of her moms. She has two moms, or you know, her mothers are gay. In the comics, it's very specifically like they live in a a world that is sort of like uh, it, it's a sort communist of like, space heaven. Yeah, it's it's not unlike Wonder Woman's home. It's not unlike Hera. Mm. Um, and that it isn't it's, populated entirely if by Mascaro, women. If Themyscira lived in the most trippy parts of 2001, A Space Odyssey, you would have where America Chavez is from. Yeah. And uh, <sighs> we only get a very like brief glimpse into that in this. And we only see her mothers very temporarily. And we know because of the way they're talking to each other that they are romantically involved. But that's it. Uh, which is what I want to talk about. Because they, I think between that and the fact that America Chavez has a pride pin that she wears throughout the thing on her jacket is really like the only real indications we have of a queer rep in this movie, uh, mm-hmm. despite that being a huge part of America Chavez as a character. And like, it's one of those things, like, don't get me wrong, I appreciate that that's not cut out. I appreciate that it's there. And it's done in the like softest possible way. And the thing to me is, I think a lot of a lot of these companies that make these movies insist that these things are progressive and that they can't do more because certain countries and things will boycott the movie. It won't be able to come out and make the kind of money that it needs to for a movie like this to be made. Uh, but those companies, those countries still boycott it. Like they still yeah. boycotted this movie. It still didn't release in China. It still didn't release in Saudi Arabia. And they had a chance to do something with a canonically queer character and do something with that in the movie that could be like really positive rep. People could really see themselves represented in this in a way that they don't in these movies. And they really underhand pitched it, slow pitched it just so that they could like get it in there. And then we're like, look what a good job we did. There is only enough queer representation in this movie to get an LGBT character stub in the America Chavez MCU wiki page. Yeah, I mean, this the, the amount of LGBTQ representation in this movie is feels a lot like, you know, corporate pride. Also, I'm with you. Like, I love America Chavez. She's a great character. I can't imagine any like fans are from the comics. And again, I know it's a Doctor Strange movie, but I can't imagine fans of America Chavez is like, Oh boy, I can't wait for her to not be angry and to become Doctor Strange's sidekick. Yeah. I and and I feel like oh, I don't know. Geez. She's being like, projected have, as around like 15 or 16, maybe in this movie. 
Yeah, I, I can't help but feel that they went with a younger, more innocent, more naive, less punchy version of America Chavez to make her seem sympathetic and to make her seem like a character for younger people, uh, yeah. which I don't think any of those younger people want that. Also, <laughs> it's a really her- watered down version of that character. Even the backstory they give in the movie, like this person who lost her mother's blames herself for it and now just falls aimlessly through the multiverse with little control. Like that gets you someone defensive, prickly and punchy. Yeah. Also, she lost her mother's because of a bee. So that's the which is the real villain of the movie. Like, it's pretty wild that that bee fucking got away with it. Like America versus retribution for this bee. And that's why the bees are almost going extinct because America's yeah. been hunting them down one at a time. Uh-oh. That's what finally brought her to this universe, a universe without bees. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's too real. I'm with you. Like, given that it did already got banned, like, why couldn't there be, like, you don't even need to give her a full-on love interest, but, like, God, like, hell, you, with all the talk about Christine Palmer and, like, love and relationships, there was no place to just throw in, like, one or two lines about America Chavez's, like, being queer and who she's attracted to yeah we're so we're so intent on discussing how straight dr strange is oh my Um, god (laughs) which really detract i i i'm actually amazed at how well this movie handles christine palmer and like honestly i really like the christine palmer and dr strange and like the romance that never works out anywhere but i feel like it takes away from what the plot could be which is Look at Doctor Strange and his boyfriend Wong adopt, like, foster a new gay daughter. I mean, that would be lovely. That would be lovely. I think Doctor Strange, that's another thing. Is Doctor Strange for a magician? Like, I want a movie that's about how he's not creative enough because he's too cishet. Like, I don't know. They keep, <laughs> I mean, frankly, I, like, I think Wong can do better. I feel like oh, well, yes. Marvel's well, entire arm bit candy. about trying to make Doctor Strange as much of a horn dog as possible is because even back then they're like, wait, so he just lives with a dude in the West Village in the 70s. OK, in a really, in a really fat sounds house. straight to me. Yeah, I think that Doctor Strange is going to unlock the true power of his character once he realizes that he's pan. If you're a magician and you know about the multiverse, like he dressed you gotta... like that in the West Village in the 70s. Yeah. His collar like, was even bigger then. On. Yeah. Yeah. To hide all of those hickey marks from all of those. Is manservant Wong? Get frankly, the fuck out of here. Frankly, I can't imagine Dr. Strange will ever need another interest now that we love interest now that we've introduced Clea yeah. being being played by. Somebody who was already one of the like scariest and most gorgeous women in the world, Charlize Theron. I was like, that is great casting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. So Dr. Strange is very straight and he likes to make things all about him, even at the wedding of his like former love interest. Like he's, you know, he fucking saved the world. He fought Thanos. He disappeared for a while. He came back. He broke the world again because of Willem Dafoe. And then like, well, because of a teenager wanting to, you know, go to school i, I but, feel like this movie like the past few movies have established that like anyone who is at the final battle in avengers endgame is like a household name now because i remember mm. in eternals when they name dropped dr strange and this is like kit harrington I'm like how the fuck do you know who dr strange is kit harrington well yeah now, i mean i'm like okay anyone who fought thanos household name the fact that he after all that shit 
he's not over like he's he doesn't realize like this may be not the be the best time for me to talk about how I still love this woman who's getting married today like Dr. Strange um, thinks he's in act three of a very different movie and not act one of the movie he's in yeah and you know when he fucking goes over that balcony with the cape twirl like that's one of the best fucking costume changes like I love it's like well drink down jump over the balcony time to be a superhero I'm like fucking yes this is just the arch iconic superhero shit that I will never get tired of I I love that like everybody comes to the balcony and Christine's like fucking of course he is on my wedding day of course he's fighting a giant octopus in the middle of New York yeah 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 yeah. like what an asshole that was like it's good is all part and that her husband is like this is great and she's like fuck you too yeah yeah Uh, you marry him that there's like there's an actual like theme in this movie of Doctor Strange, of Stephen Strange's toxic masculinity, of his traditional masculinity, and like yeah. trying to get over it. Because I think it's debatable like how much it, it hits it on the nose, but it really lands for me this like theme of like him not being able to, I mean, first of all, not being able to, to do anything to commit to Christine, um, but also him feeling like he has to be the one to solve everything. He always yeah. has to be the one holding the knife, which is a very traditionally masculine thing to do, right? Is like, he feels like, okay, this thing has to be done. This evil is here. I'm the only one who can take it on. Despite the fact that he's no longer even the Sorcerer Supreme at this point. Uh, yeah. You know, Wong, Wong has taken that job. Which um, I love. I yeah. love how Wong has just become the new Nick Fury of the Marvel <laughs> Universe. Like yeah. the put upon Nick Fury. Yeah. I want a movie about Wong. I think someday we're we're getting there because you know he he shows up in Shang Chi a couple of times. Yes, and he's he's in this, of course. Um, so I, I can't imagine it's far off. Like at this point, I think the only reason they haven't done a Wong Disney Plus series is he's too busy filming his appearances in all the other things. Right. Well, I'm hoping somewhere in this next series of movies, we're going to be looking at a like a a mystic team movie because we got the introduction of black knight stuff and eternals uh theoretically we introduced blade in that movie uh even though they introduce him off screen um and then like you know we have wong we have shang chi so we're gonna have some sort of i think mystic avengers in here at some point um in the near future but uh yeah coming back around to the the um toxic masculinity thing I, I do think like that was something that i felt this movie did pretty well from a progressive standpoint of like the lesson for dr strange in this movie is like it's okay to just support this person that you know need doesn't need to be saved they need to be helped they need to be encouraged his eventual revelation is that like he needs to come in there and and you know cut off some bonds and then let her do the saving um yeah i agree and, like i Feel like, I feel like the movie pursued that angle and it also pursued this angle of like, is he happy? And I feel like this, I don't feel like the happiness angle paid off as well as the, he has to be the one holding the knife, like him learning to let go and yeah. not need to be in charge and in the spotlight. Well, the movie was a mess for me um, because I just felt like it was yanking me around a lot. But How about when it revealed that there was a whole doctor strange too that we didn't see where it's like oh yeah that carl mordo 
tease from the first Doctor Strange movie. That totally paid off. We It just happened off screen. He became a villain. I took care of it. No big deal. Yeah, I was like, I don't remember that. I don't remember that in Doctor... I remember it, Vance Mikkelsen. We, this is straight up Doctor Strange 3, and they skipped Doctor Strange 2 entirely. Like, 2 happened, but they just didn't make it. He did, I all I can figure is that Car- Carl Mordo has just been sending him... Uh, like mail uh, just just must have mordo written on it because he doesn't know his first name is carl until this movie uh, which just says something about the kind of person dr strange is but that like mordo's just been sending him letters like i'm preparing to kill you just, <laughs> just texting so you him know, I and dr strange never dr. got strange. his whole name in his phone so he's just getting these texts from mordo being like hey bitch hate you i'm hate pretty sure you. what would just ruin like his, the core relationship is if at any point Wong asked Doctor Strange, hey, do you know if Wong is my first or my last name? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's good. I mean, there were certain... two movies. There was a movie where Doctor Strange was getting over his toxic masculinity. And then there was the Sam Raimi movie. Yeah. And the they Sam... were cut together. The Sam Raimi movie had a zombie wizard with a cape full of screaming ghosts. And that's the most metal shit I've ever seen. That's the yeah. coolest shit. Speaking of which, I think like that's a good transition into I think something Emily wanted to talk about, um, which is the uh, soundtrack of this movie, which is done by Danny Elfman. But Danny Elfman has suddenly become obsessed with metal guitar licks. It's not sudden. Danny Elfman has always appreciated metal guitar licks. They are in. It, it, they yeah. are in Oingo Boingo. Yeah, like, I was just gonna say, like, you mean started, Danny Elfman of Oingo Boingo fame? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's getting back now. The guitar, I loved. I love that the Oingo Boingo or the Danny Elfman. If you know this movie, should have had an Oingo Boingo soundtrack. That would have made me a lot happier. If at the end of the movie, Wong was like, "Are you happy, Emily?" I'm like, "Yeah, I don't care what happened. They, you know, they made a mom. They said I'm not a monster. I'm a mother." That was something to unpack, but I don't give a shit now because fucking Doctor Strange zombified with a cape of demons fought Scarlet Witch to Oingo Boingo, and that's all I give a shit about right now. But the Danny Elfman soundtrack, like you can hear it at the end, but like you can't really, like you don't really notice it much other than that. And like when they fight with the music, which I thought was cool as hell. Well, I love the music. And then when when he's talking to Mordo about uh about doing the dream walking and like they cut to what wanda is doing as she's doing this meditating and it turns into suddenly like the doors in the background oh yeah a whole like dreamy sequence to like very uh trippy guitar well there was the and then there's the weird like superimposition stuff going on which i was mm-hmm. like all right okay yeah this is this is cool once they reveal that they're on drugs there's some yeah. beautiful cinematography like when dr strange is going up the steps in like the destroyed universe like this is that, a really really like good looking movie that sanctum sanctorum kicked ass that shit slapped it bopped it hit it's so it was so dope and like their whole sequence when they were going through the universes and they were like paints and then like animated and shit and i'm like so there's, I, I said, there's a whole podcast where the stuff that we could talk about about this Illuminati section. Yeah. Which is oh like, yeah. It it introduces, you know, the the Professor X of the Fox X Men movies, and and talking about a soundtrack 
they just throw in a doo -doo 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 -doo, quietly in which the background it shows up. Which is wild because they never did that fucking once in like nine Fox movies. They're in the Marvel universe for literally two seconds and we're already getting the classic theme song. Sometimes fan service is good. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. Thank you. Like when I was I was sitting here with the movie and I'm like, all right, cool. There's flowers. Red means go. They they step they step on buttons that stop the plot. And I'm really like frustrated right now. And then they go to the Illuminati and they're like, and here is Captain Britain. And here is Black Bolt. And I'm like, cool. And then I'm like, yeah, sure. And and it's the guy from the office and he's Reed Richards. And I'm like, I'm into that. You know, cool, whatever. And then when fucking Patrick Stewart rolls out in his chair. His giant yellow X-Men the animated series. I appreciated oh how comfortable God. that chair looked. That they're like, well, Patrick is not going to stand. He's going to be sitting and we want him to be comfy as possible. I was like, okay, movie, I'm ready. Let's go. Come on. All right. You got me. You got me back. You won me back. I do appreciate um, that this movie uh, makes it canon that Anson Mount's Black Bolt of Marvel's Inhumans is from a different universe that didn't happen in the MCU. That was yeah. somewhere else. Because I, I love me some Anton Mount. I adore uh, fucking Star Trek Strange New World. Which Strange New World is a very handsome man. But yeah. that, World that, premiered that Inhuman show same, fucking sucked. Strange, <laughs> Strange New World premiered same week as Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. So man, what a week that must have been for Anson Mount. Right. It's yeah. like Black Bolt and Captain Pike like all day, every day. Yes. That was definitely the surprise of just being like, oh, shit, you're acknowledging the ABC Inhuman show existed. I did not think you would ever do that, Kevin Feige. Well, the, and he the, killed it. And here's the thing, too. If he, fuck, what wild. I love that. It, I love the first one to go. I've seen so many head explosions and a head explosion would have been cool. And I get why they PG like 13. But there's something so horrifying about like the head explosion being contained. So then yeah. you just have like the skull caving in like, oh, fuck. I'm like, that's somehow not showing it or covering it up is making it seem way more brutal. As cool as it was, though, to see Professor X, he was also done dirty because I'm like, OK, I now I don't care about anything else. Now it's now it's Professor X time. I want to see Professor X do shit. And he did cool shit almost but then like the weird mindscape of finding like wanda with the door and everything and i'm like all right like this movie had on one hand it had all this cool psychedelic shit going on that i feel like is is what i would want to see in a movie called doctor strange in the multiverse of madness like a long time ago not a long time ago like five years ago i saw some posters some marvel movie posters that were made as if they were made in the 70s and it cast all these like 70s stars as the characters and they fucking cast david bowie as dr strange and it looked like it was some fucking manifold to earth holy mountain shit and i'm like that's the dr strange that i want to see this guy's a fucking sorcerer he can make magic shit happen and he like learns some shit from some cool like and you know i'm sure there's like all sorts of asian exoticism going on there sorry about that but That's like, one thing that kills me is that I know if this movie had been made 30 years ago, it would have been Bruce Campbell as Doctor Strange. Yeah. I mean, if this movie, this particular movie by Sam Raimi was made, yeah, like, and Sam Raimi would have killed it. It would not have been feminist. It probably would have some racisms, but no, like, no, would not have been feminist. It would have been a way more misogynistic Doctor Strange. Give me some witchcraft, baby. 
<laughs> but at the same time, like if it came out then and it was that stupid, I would have been okay. Like Darmy of Darkness was dumb as fuck. And I love that movie. And it's so good. It's a good movie. It's a stupid movie. And I love it. And if a Doctor Strange movie was like that, like this movie was getting there. Like Doctor Strange is basically like, ab- like about to put a fucking chainsaw on his hand. And he's like, all right, Sam Raimi's here. Sam Raimi's good at one thing very what very much. And the other thing that he's good at was not here. And I take great umbrage with that. The, he did zombies. We got zombies. We got zombies all over the fucking place. The thing that we didn't get is a fucking Zoom montage. It I'm fine fucking- without the Zoom montage. I don't think that stylistically works for this. I, I think, I think, I think you the done thing it. about this movie is that it, it is very Sam raimi and that is like both to its... No. its quality and detriment which is like it's just a lot of things being thrown at the screen and they're all cool but they don't have time i'm gonna disagree with you on that bit jamie and i'm gonna be with emily because i think looking at the plot of the movie there was actually an opportune moment for a zoom in scene and that would have been you could have done a real like creepy zoom in when wanda's searching for like a multiversal wanda to like zoom in and then just fucking take over her brain that would have been a great place for a zoom. Yeah, there could have been zooms. I just I, I thought it was funny because in the fucking Spider-Man No Way Home movie, there was a zoom montage. And that was just an homage to Mr. Raimi. It's interesting to look at this next to the first Doctor Strange movie, because the first Doctor Strange movie, for the majority of it, has one special effect. It has that mirror universe thing, and it loves to do it. It's got and mirrors it- and swirly orange circles. Yeah. And this movie has like this movie brings back the mirror thing for 30 seconds and moves on to the next thing. And it's like, here's here's Hydra's coming out of his hands. Here's him throwing music notes at a guy. Here's a giant buzzsaw fighting, you know, cutting this uh, octopus up. You know, here's all this shit. And he's just summoning things and fighting things. And it's it's very cool and very much feels like a Doctor Strange comic. Um, but yeah, it, it limits the amount of time that you have for the actual like character beats in it um yeah yeah. i find with this movie i my opinions of this movie can vary depending on how i view it like there's how i view it on its own how i view it as part of the mcu and part of just like the broader context of marvel everything i think like the the way to like really the thing that really exemplifies what is going on with this movie is that there is a large green minotaur in this movie and nobody says anything about it nobody is like oh that's our minotaur friend who's, yeah who's i love friend. minotaur like, man he's just he's just he's there just part of the group he's just yeah. there and nobody's like hey minotaurs do we have just like what's now? the minute what's the deal with the minotaur he's part of it yeah yeah that, i think that's the the whole thing of this movie is there's a minotaur that nobody's talking about what I do really appreciate about this movie is that it feels like if, if this movie is going to be overstuffed, it feels like it is overstuffed with just pure imagination. Yeah, but not not really Fucking well placed. No, again, when I talk about my views of this movie differing. Well, that's mostly about Wanda, because on the one hand, I think Elizabeth Olsen does an amazing job. I think Scarlet Witch is one of the coolest terrifying most interesting well done villains in any of these mcu movies again in the context of just this movie 
I think Wanda is an amazing antagonistic force in the greater context of Marvel. Holy fuck, is this another story of Wanda being mad, powerful, grieving and dead in an endless cycle of punishing her for being powerful and wanting love? Yeah. And like coming off of this or coming at this off of WandaVision, because WandaVision starts out as really cool breakdown of the character and the stages of grief and and commentary on culture and and uh sitcoms and stuff and how culture deals with complicated subjects through sitcoms or you know doesn't i thought it was really cool and so we have a whole fucking show about wandavision that really develops her but then like flattens her at the end because you know magic mcguffin whatever and then this movie comes out, has her as the antagonist. And again, she's super flat. They they acknowledge the other things. Like, I feel like she is secondary to herself in this movie because there's a Wanda that is has been explored. And then suddenly she didn't, like, she's just evil now because of a book, you know? Yeah, and- if the idea was that reading the Darkhold had corrupted her to the point where she's not fully morally culpable for her actions. I don't think the movie sold that. Like if the idea is that the reading the dark hold is akin to holding the one ring, I don't think that was shown strong enough. There was the line. They allude to it, right? They like the fact that that orchard is fucking toast, that there is nothing living within miles of her. I think shows a an unnatural quality to this magic that like is not intentional on her part, right? But yeah. I don't think this movie has room or desire to comment on that. I, I don't know. I think they, they really focus on the same sort of grief element of wanting her kids back without, um, you know, one of, one of my favorite little scary bits that they do in this is when she is trying to break down the shield around uh around Kamartage and she sees the one guy who's hesitating and like you see her lean out from behind him and whisper in his ear oh i love and, that like it's yeah. so creepy and i feel like we needed a that for wanda of like us seeing the the dark hold whispering in her ear right because you get yeah. sort of that indication from that final strange in the destroyed world that like yes this is what the darkhold would do to anybody but i don't think that they they quite drive that home in a way that does anything to fix wanda's character i i think what why doesn't she get a third eye um because she's got to get a dope eyeshadow instead right but like um, he dr strange got a third eye but that eye did not have any eyeshadow magical eyeshadow so he, yeah, but he like he got a third eye from the from the book. Why can't Wanda get a third eye from the book? I feel like this is some sexism for third eyes. Well, that's the thing. Like the movie straight up like Wanda straight up says you break the rules and are called a hero. Why is it different when I break the rules? And then again, like Wanda goes rewind. It's like this is the worst thing ever. And I get why it's because she wants to murder somebody. But Doctor Strange is like, I'm going to possess my dead body which again from my perspective seems okay but then the movie tells us through ghost capes or well future cape ghosts where they're like no this is extra forbidden don't absolutely don't do this yeah and it's yet like being like nope i'm gonna break the rules and i'm gonna do it and yep i'm still rewarded as a hero for breaking the rules and it's like 
fucking Wanda's got a fucking point. She still shouldn't murder, but she's got a fucking point. Yeah, like I feel like there should have been something to that if they were going to make that point a little bit more like, I don't know, palpable is if Doctor Strange did more visible damage in this movie. Like, yeah, he fucked up things in, in other movies, certainly. Just because he's like, well, I can do it. And I want to I want to show Wong that I'm cool, you know, like in No Way Home. But like this, this movie, he's like, I'm going to fly around. And I guess, you know, everybody still loves me. But then Scarlet Witch shows up and everyone's like, oh, fuck, it's the Scarlet Witch. She's a witch and she's red, you know. And the main difference between them is that she's a woman and she's also depicted. Well, she's depicted the way that she's depicted is people are more scared of her. Like people aren't as scared of Dr. Strange, even though he's like fucking up just as much shit. Like, you know, he doesn't have to cut a bus in half, even though that's fun. He can just cut the fucking thing. He doesn't have to like cause more collateral damage. Again, it's like Elizabeth Olsen is really good. Like she is very scary. Like her yeah. which like in the tunnels when she's killing the Illuminati, she is amazing as a horror villain. And again, once again, I feel so torn because I, on the one hand, I'm like, wow, this is material she was clearly really excited to do. She does a great job of it. She's very effective in this movie. But again, like in the grander scheme of things, I remember, like, I remember after WandaVision being like, oh, look how much focus and spotlight and sympathy Wanda is being given. Is this it? Is this finally, after all these decades, can want can the Scarlet Witch just be a hero, be a franchise all on her own? Can Wanda just be a hero? And then this movie came along and was just like, no. Yeah. No, she she is only allowed to be grieving and mad and dead. And, and that's it. The, what we've the line... learned from this, I think, is that the the scary, dangerous way to do magic is to read. The right way to do magic is to vogue. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I think Doctor Strange has to vogue as well, or I mean, not Doctor Strange. One fucking, thing he has to read miss, as well. That's the one thing I miss about Doctor Strange from the comics that the the book that the show the movies don't do, which is they don't give him a lot of goofy shit to say out loud. Um, because that's my oh, favorite thing about Doctor shit. Strange is him yelling about the wand of Watum and which is such a shame because. Hell, the one good part about the Hobbit movies, one of the only things was like him as smog. We know he can say some crazy ass fantasy shit and make it sound epic oh, yeah. and cool. And it's like, fucking give him dialogue he's actually good at. And I would let him stop having to push the American accent so hard, please. I, I know. Like, I would love for him to just get over him, like the character to get over himself and be like, oh, like just be that guy. Cause he is that guy. He's just got the, he's just Tony Snark too, but like he's, but he's got to be quippy and cool now, but I want him to be like, hi, I, I kind of want him to be kind of an older guy square being like, Oh, I thought you had already read all of the, the tome of banana or whatever. Like who hasn't read the tome of banana? Haven't you, where were you all these years? So you <laughs> want him to ruin Christine Palmer's wedding even harder is what you're saying. You want him to just be like, insufferable and then fucking upstager yeah well like that's what he's doing so he might as well do it in a more dumb way this is like, the doctor strange that shows up to the wedding wearing white yeah <laughs> which all oh right. can we just get the bitchiest doctor strange like i would love that 
Oh my god, it was like that's what I would want out of Do- if they're gonna have a bitchy Doctor Strange because again, he's just Tony Stark too, but with a can with we get magic. Billy Eichner as Doctor Strange? I mean, I think Cumberbatch can do it. I do like that. I just I do like Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange because he looks so weird. But anyway, um, I do want to go back to Wanda just for a second because this, there's this line where she says she's not a monster, she's a mother, and I'm really I have a lot of feelings about that. That could have been the tagline of Hereditary. You know what? I I watched this movie for the first time in the theaters with my wife. And I feel like you're coming at that from an angle that is maybe not informed by having watched it with my wife, which is sure. that um, she has on, on several occasions told people that uh, they would not be part of our zombie survival group because she would prioritize my children's life and death over their life and death. Um, like she has made it clear that she would murder people to save our children if that was what was necessary. Oh yeah. And oh I think, yeah, like, totally. I think like that's where Wanda's meant to be coming from. And it doesn't it, come off that way though. I it, think part of the problem is her kids were dream kids. That well, it's no, no, that's no, that's not, no, I take that, but I take that back. That's not, it's a little, no, like, I take that back because we know them, how important Billy and Teddy are. And they loved her and she loved them and now yeah, they're gone and she can't get them back. And yeah, I mean, but that's... she also made the, the choice to sacrifice them. I'm also not entirely sure why she can't just dream them up again. Right, like there's that. And so- you like know, just like if if do that, just make them without taking over a whole town. If just evil Doctor Strange from another dimension was holding them hostage, then I, like if that was the one thing, the one like if you, there was some sort of thing where it turned out that evil Doctor Strange was keeping her away from them or something, I'd be like, yes, bitch, go for it, kill everybody, kill the all of kill that Green Minotaur. You know, please don't kill Wong, but you know, if you maim him, I'd understand. Like he can he can grow a magic hand or something like I, I didn't feel her motivation i and so she was just saying being a monster and being a mother kind of the same thing like i mean there's a certain amount of like especially when there's so much sci-fi you have at your disposal like there's sense like oh why didn't you look more for a universe where your kids were alive but like you had died in that universe and then you could just Bring them to, and then like, and then perfect. No one, you don't have to murder, replace anybody. It is the same. It is the same issue that um, Doctor Strange had with uh, Peter Parker. Where like, you didn't call them. You wanted to solve the problem with this crazy magic that may break the world because you wanted to go to school with your friends, but you decided not to call them. You just wanted to ask me to change reality for you, and that's Doctor Strange's fault because he did it anyway. But I mean, Wanda could definitely, she was also an adult and she could have been like, you know, I could, there's a lot of ways that I could do this without like finding this one kid and murdering them. I feel like, you know, I know America doesn't have like control and stuff like that, but if she did, I feel like if she would do it if you just like asked her nicely. Oh yeah. Well, that's another thing is that obviously Wanda can control the power through America. So like, why take it? There's a lot of like, I think, again, you work backwards. It's they wanted Wanda as the scariest possible horror villain, which they execute on that great. And whatever characterization needs to be sacrificed, 
to get to that horror villain, then so be it. I mean, if it was just her like being fucked up by the book, like there's a couple, there's a couple small things they could have done. That's just all I'm saying is there's a couple small things they could have done that would have improved that representation quite a yeah, bit. I wish there was a book like I just wish that, and maybe this is a result of like throughout all of this, like Doctor Strange's relationship to Wanda before this is like I I have mutual friends at work. Like I don't know her that well, but she's friends with some of my friends. See, like the movie doesn't treat Wanda being evil as like the fall of a hero. Yeah. Yeah. The closest we get is Doctor Strange, like when they're talking about Westview being like, hey, maybe this will get you back on the lunch boxes. Yeah. Which is I, I think that weird scene... and gross on its own kind of yeah. way of being like, do superheroes have a thin blue line? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> that scene in the orchard, I think, is one of the stronger scenes of the movie. And I think it just needs to be longer. Yeah. Because like that that turn from Wanda is so good that like that she's like, ah, I you didn't tell me her name, did you? And suddenly like all the pretenses drop. And she's like, look, I'm gonna fucking get her one way or another. You can die defending her or not, you know. If it were a little bit more clear that, you know, she's being she is actually unreasonable in a sense that like she is being manipulated by this book then yeah i think you know it makes things clearer it makes things better but I, I think at the same time you know they 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 substitute making a good horror villain for making some some better character beats um because like when he traps her in the in the mirror realm and she decides to use the mirror realm to just start pulling people in through like reflections and fucking everybody up that's beautiful like the way yeah. she yeah. the way that she monster crawls out of the reflection in the gong and like reassembles oh, herself that. is like oh shit we're in a different world now <laughs> like, this is, yeah this is sam raimi there's now. like they the movie does a fantastic job of making it whenever scarlet witch appears is like oh everybody is fucked who is the most yeah. powerful avenger it's the scarlet witch and it's not even close so i, I think we've talked Captain quite a Marvel's bit powerful, about but- what if she gets a statue dropped on her? Not so powerful then. <laughs> yeah, we, we've talked quite a bit about uh, feminism or lack thereof in this movie, quite a bit about, uh, you know, the queer themes or attempts at queer themes in this movie. Um, I don't think there's a lot to be said for race in this movie. It's not as uh, racially offensive as I think the original Doctor Strange is just by not having just quite the same amount of Eastern exoticism that that movie does. You know, I, I I think Wong is is shown to be like a capable and powerful character in and of himself in this movie. And yeah, I think think the the movie gets credit for continuing that modernization and update of the Wong strange relationship, um, you know, to make it more, you know, relationship of equals, if not Wong. Hell, that's a theme is like Wong as superior. And I love it. I love American Wong making fun of Steven for not knowing Spanish. Like, oh I yeah, love that. Sorcerer Supreme. Why does he not know like, Spanish? Like, yeah. Honestly, I think one of the, in terms of just like characters, um, I think the re the modernization, the modern reinvention of Wong has been one of the MCU's big successes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's only really rivaled by like the Doctor Strange Year One that Greg Pak did, where like. Wong is clearly the better one of the two. Well, I was going to say that dynamic reminds me a bit of 
Green Hornet and Kato. But then again, what is you have there where it's once again a white, not so a semi competent person with a Asian hyper competent sidekick? Uh oh, what needs to be examined in that racial dynamic? Like, what's going on there? I don't know. I don't know how to properly parse it. But given that that's where the connection, I'm like, oh, this has happened multiple times. I don't know what it means. Someone more intelligent than me needs to decipher it, but it means, I don't know what the fuck it means, but it's something, I think. Yeah. It's sort of a, a big trouble in Little China situation. Again! The the one other thing, racial and social justice-wise, that I want to talk about is, this is again a thing where like, both, this is a thing for both Sochi Gomez and Elizabeth Olsen, where they're both great actresses who should not have been cast in these parts. They do incredible jobs, but like, you know, America Chavez, when she's introduced, is significantly darker skinned than Sochi Gomez is. She's been lightened up over the course of the comics significantly. Mm. Sochi Gomez, while Latina, is very light skinned and it's, it's a little troubling. It's nothing that she can do anything about. And, you know, as a, as a teenage actress, not something that should fall on her to do something about it. Um, yeah. And the same is true of Elizabeth Olsen. Wanda is, you know, introduced as being ethnically Roma. Uh, she, her skin tone goes back and forth quite a bit, but they, uh, you know, they did not cast somebody ethnically Roma. They cast Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen's sister. She does an incredible job with what she's given, but there should be somebody higher up in that, that casting process saying, look, we need to have, you know, representation in these roles. Uh, that they they didn't I mean and granted when she's first brought in in Age of Ultron she's just sort of a very flat semi-villainous character and that's still the Joss Whedon times Um, yes so like she's she's not even the most problematic progressive thing in that movie yeah it's it's unfortunate I think from a from a progressive standpoint that that's where we've landed on these things there's also nothing of interest to say about class in this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, there's nothing there. Um, now, I was definitely offended by Benedict Cumberbatch's ponytail in the first <laughs> version of the Doctor Strange. <laughs> He's got some... Usually, usually these movies are plagued with women having horrible wild wigs, but that Benedict was a Cumberbatch has, has a couple of rough wigs in this movie, both both dark dark old wielding strange and he's in the subtitles he's called defender strange yes Um, yes but you know ponytail strange is what i refer to him as both of them have horrible hair also is it just me or does the ponytail disappear as soon as he becomes like zombie strange no his goatee disappears his ponytail is still there oh his goatee does disappear Holy fuck. I'm pretty sure Doctor Strange's goatee is just a glamour because no one would put that much effort into a real goatee to make it look at that make it look that ridiculous. Thank you. Also uh, now I want magic just so I can do glamour shit. Fuck, that's a big non-binary feel right there. <laughs> that's some gender shit. Like God, right. I would I would glamour cosmetics. Absolutely. That is what I'm saying about Doctor Strange. He go out is... looking like whatever you wanted to whenever yes. you wanted to. So that's the thing. And so sexual. That that fucking Doctor Strange walked out going, yup, goatee and ponytail. Let's do it. Yeah. 
bold choices that Stephen Strange making. Now, again, would did he have those fashion choices before he got in that accident? Like, because I got to say, if I had back surgery and my surgeon showed up in a goatee and a ponytail, I think I'm asking oh, for no, another he's, doctor. He's clean shaven before he uh, becomes Doctor Strange. He grows the goatee after he... In our uh, universe, who the fuck knows about ponytail weirdos universe? Because they, they were mean, doing... They did that memory lane flashback of him and Christine sitting at the table and he's clean shaven and I was like, ooh, horrible. How dare. <laughs> how dare. So <laughs> little do, face. They do suggest that he does do a lot of goatee grooming in No Way Home. Oh, of course. Because they're they they're in that his feels like, like a, basement. That feels like a joke. No way home. I don't fully remember that, but that definitely feels like a joke. No way home would have made. Yeah, yeah. It was. So it I was believe in one of those montages there. when they were like in the basement trying to figure shit out. Although I I have to say the one the one thing we didn't really cover on this is the sort of mental illness mental health aspect of this, and I don't think that that's given sort of any lip service in this movie whatsoever. WandaVision is a very thoughtful meditation on grief and um, all that stuff. It, it really engages with it. Not always, in some aspects of WandaVision, like things don't pay off the way they should, but I think the grief aspect of it really does. Um, but yeah, this movie does not, does not attempt. No. Um, and, you know, other than that, uh, the, the one person who is uh, disabled in this movie has an awesome yellow flying wheelchair. So. Yeah. I appreciate that of all the movies I had to watch. And honestly, this movie, this movie gets some extra points uh, for me for this. Uh, I appreciate that. I did not actually have to watch. What if the animated series? Oh yeah. If anything, it proved that like, Nope, those are different animated universes. So those can't even cross over unless we do some Roger rabbit shit. And I'm like, cool. They can because they showed the animation. they can use their new Chippendale technology. Uh, guys, do we think this movie is worth people seeing? Should people check it out? I mean, it's an MCU movie, so I assume you've already seen it. Yeah, I mean, it, I would watch it over Morbius. Look, if you were down for... Yeah, like, look, I really enjoy this. It is definitely a Sam Raimi film. It is a superhero film that still pulls off, like, amazing cinematography badass metal as fuck imagery and real deal horror and crazy kills like this is this strike this is successful to me as a superhero horror film in a way i haven't seen before yeah and sure maybe it's not as full-throated as raimi could be but look i've seen the first venom movie yeah i mean i don't think it's the best mcu movie or the best horror movie but i think it is a movie that like if you you could put this on and watch it whenever it's enjoyable it it's something you could have on in the background and just enjoy enjoy the hell out of how like pretty and creative it is because like it's it's well made and it does what it does it doesn't always do what we want it to do i think but like it's it's a beautiful well made and and fun to watch movie in a way that uh some of the movies we talked about recently haven't been fun to watch yes yeah yeah. like any i mean most most marvel movies are fun to watch they're pretty or oh well or something some cool reference from a person or some cool thing some idea from a person that i care about like taika waititi 
like, you know, Taika Waititi did Thor Ragnarok and I really love Thor Ragnarok and it's, you know, because it's fun. It doesn't take itself too, too seriously. And this movie doesn't either. And I will say this movie is 18 minutes shorter than old. And <laughs> it was over so much faster than old well, yes. was. Well, it's a, okay. It's a million times a better use of your time. Like if your choice between old and Dr. Strange multiverse of madness for the love of God, watch multiverse of madness. I mean, that's saying like, do you want a sandwich or a punch in the face? Like it's, it's, a very, <laughs> it's not a, not a lot of a, <laughs> a choice there. I, think. I mean, so what sandwiches or punches in the face would you recommend to people who enjoyed this movie? Spider-Man no way home. If you want, or and Spider-Man into the spider verse. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse does a fantastic job of you caring about characters because I didn't know, I don't know anything about Peter Porker or like fucking Spider-Dwar or whatever, but they do a whole multiverse thing about characters that I've never heard of before and I still give a shit because A, it's beautiful, B, it's it's well-written and C- hundred Spider-Man noir movies. Yeah, like yeah. Spider-Noir, sure. And then Spider-Way- how, no- how are we getting- an El Mysterio movie, but not an animated Spider-Man noir spinoff. Who knows? Uh, ben, what do you recommend? So I am going to recommend a comic book from the two uh, from the 2010s. Uh, if you like uh, something that's very superhero-y, but with some definite uh, horror vibes and the whole thing ends up just being a heavy metal like album come to life, uh, I'm going to suggest you hunt down uh, Frankencastle, the run on the Punisher mm-hmm. where Punisher is killed and then brought back as a Frankenstein monster as champion of Monster City, which eventually leads to him having to ride a dragon to fight zombie Nazis and samurai monster hunters. This sounds like a Punisher that I can get invested in. It's dope as fuck. Again, he ends up fighting like a crazy steampunk, like Monster Hunter. It is so goddamn metal. Also watch Gargoyles. Yeah, always watch Gargoyles. Like regardless of what movie we're talking about, you should watch Gargoyles if you've never seen Gargoyles. Still kind of the most historically accurate depiction of King Macbeth's rule. <laughs> despite him, despite the despite the part where he has his own personal monster army, still more historically accurate than like ninety percent of all fictional King Macbeth tellings. So, what I want to recommend is uh, I have been listening to one of these recently, but uh, the the Marvel family of uh, narrative podcasts are really good. Um, some of them are better than others. I I didn't I wasn't crazy about the Marvels adaptation. But they uh, they have some Wolverine ones that are pretty good. Just recently, I watched the uh, or I listened to the Squirrel Girl. Um, she has her own radio show uh, that has sort of a story that goes on in there, where she's uh, got a her own radio show on the college radio at Empire State, where she goes to school, uh, where she gives advice from a superhero uh, that has her whole sort of supporting cast in there. And currently, I'm listening to uh, Marvel's waste Marvel Wastelanders. Uh, old man star lord um which is a lot of fun focuses on an older star lord and rocket in sort of this post-apocalypse um but my favorite part of it is that emma frost makes an appearance and she is voiced by the one and only vanessa williams um and she is an incredible casting choice for emma frost 
that's amazing casting for Emma Frost. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. The moment Emma Frost showed up in that and it was Vanessa Williams' voice, I was like, oh, oh, okay. This, yeah. This is awesome. Oh, oh, I mess with that. Fuck yeah. Holy shit. I love the idea of a, of a podcast that is set up like a podcast, right? Where you, I mean, I feel like that's the best way to do, um, one of the best ways to do a narrative podcast if you're trying to do like full immersion. Like I've been listening to Tannis and Rabbits and stuff like that. Um, and having sort of this meta situation of characters talking, of, you know, like they are on a podcast, I think is really, is, is quite clever. Yeah, really Squirrel well. Girls uh, thing, which is called the un- Squirrel Girls Unbeatable Radio Show, is uh, really fantastic. And I think they, they do an interesting job of formatting it. All of the stuff in Old Man Star-Lord is sort of being recorded by a robot that is uh, accompanying them. So they do a bit where they can, you know, just sort of cut to the story beats that matter and not, uh, not deal with... Uh, when Ben and I were talking about this, Ben was complaining about the the second season of the Wolverine podcast has a lot of like, and then they fight for a while and there's sounds of scuffling and people fighting. And it's like, oh, that doesn't really pay, play great on, on a podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, you know, this is all like recorded by this character and being told back to us. Uh, I think it, it really works for the format. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those, there, there are some great ones and uh, Batman Unburied. Uh, is another good superhero uh, audio drama and um, actually as of today just got renewed for season two so nice that'll be fun again a great cast uh, Winston Duke as Batman uh, Gina Rodriguez as Barbara Gordon Jason Isaacs as Alfred and uh, Hassan Minhaj who just fucking steals the show as Riddler nice nice they'll have to rebury Batman again well, that's it for us here. Uh, if you want to contact us online, you can reach Emily at Megamoth on Twitter, at Mega underscore Moth on Instagram, and at Megamoth.net. Ben is on Twitter at BenTheCon and on their website at BenConComics.com, where you can pick up all of their books, including the Glad Award-nominated Renegade Rule graphic novel. And finally, for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jrome 58 and my website at JeremyWhitley.com, where you can check out everything I write. Uh, and of course, the podcast is on Patreon at Progressively Horrified. Our website is progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm and on Twitter at Prague Horror Pod, where we would love to hear from you. Speaking of loving to hear from you, we would love it if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it now. Uh, thanks again for listening. And thank you to Emily and Ben for joining me as always. This was real fun, guys. Thank you for yes, having us finally, as always. We finally got to join the zeitgeist and talk about the MCU. Yes. Nobody's yeah, ever are. done it before. So. <laughs> well, give us that sweet, sweet SEO. Who now, can one of these say? days we'll have to get back around to Blade and Ghost Rider. So. Oh, okay. God, I could do Blade. I could totally <laughs> oh, do could Blade. Oh, could we fucking do Blade? I Holy could also review shit. Blade. Ah, um, I see what Emily did there. Fucking, right. Oh, mid-90s Wesley Snipes can get it. Uh, Wesley, Wesley Snipes... <laughs> Him too. Him too. You got this. On that note, until next time, stay horrified. Progressively Horrified was created by Jeremy Whitley 
and is usually produced by Alicia Whitley. This episode was produced by Jeremy Whitley. This episode featured Jeremy, Ben, and Emily, the Horror Squad. All opinions expressed by the commentators are solely their own and do not represent the intent or opinions of the filmmakers. How do we even know those? Nor do they represent the employers, institutions, or publishers of the commentators. Our theme music is Epic Darkness by Mario Cole 06 and is provided royalty-free from Pixabay. You're listening to it right now. If you like this episode, you can support us on Patreon. You can get in touch with us at Twitter at ProgHorrorPod, or you can email us at ProgressivelyHorrified.com. Nope. You can email us at ProgressivelyHorrified at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for listening, and stay horrified. <laughs>